Okay. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I literally turned the music off that fast because we have so much to talk about in this podcast. Yes. We got a bunch. And we already spent we already spent 40 minutes talking to each other before we started it. So what have we minutes. been doing for 40? Right. Yeah, an hour. <laughs> I don't even yeah, spend that much time this. on the phone with girls. Well, it's so funny though, Jay, because you know, obviously we work together and we see each other in the booth, but some weekends we just don't get a chance to to just talk, you know, like yeah. we normally do. So even though we were sitting next to each other, it's always on the gas. So well, it's and hard. you're someplace today where you got to be a part of the action a little bit. So you got you, we caught up on a lot of that stuff up at Brainerd where you are now and uh, in Minnesota there, which is good. And we just got back from Wisconsin and then we've got, we got so many things that we've, you know, that we're going to go through. So, well, you yeah. want to, you want to just get what's going on right now out of the way? Well, yeah, you're in Brainerd and, and you're making a comeback. Kyle Wyman, unfortunately, got hurt, for those that don't know, at Road America. And Greg has been asked to get out of the booth and ride Kyle's bike at the Ridge, right? Hey, everybody. This one is brought to you by Arai. Wait, where, why is the read music not playing? There we go. <laughs> Boy, that was going to be timed so well. But unfortunately, it wasn't because my mouse isn't working properly. What a shocker. Hey, Jay. Arai's prepared... What the heck is going on? Why did that just turn off? I'm telling you, man, I'm a mess. There we go. Arise proprietary <laughs> one-piece multi-density EPS liner was developed to uh, precisely position the most appropriate density for each part of the liner. This indispensable technique is an absolute necessity for producing a foam that maximizes glancing off, or in other words, a shell that's round and smooth. Learn more at AriAmericas.com. It's the Arai difference. Wow, that was a struggle to get through, but that was okay, I don't even though. think I'm going to edit yeah. any of that, Jay. I'm just going to kind of leave it in. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Let, let's get back to your comment, my comeback. So obviously, Kyle Wyman did get hurt, and no, no, my name was not brought up at all. I mean, sure? he may have been cussing me out for some reason, but no. So Jessica Zalewski, if you remember her, Jason. I do. She's a for, former uh, pro racer. She has had a, like a high-performance riding school that goes to Brainerd and, and Road America and some other places because she lives outside of the Twin City, Twin yep. Cities. And uh, so she actually has a day up here. And the Yamaha uh, folks rented out half of her track day. And then, so it's Fresh in the Attack Performance, Yamaha Riders, Westby, Rocco Landers, and Hunter Dunham. And uh, I was invited to ride Westby Superbike uh, give that a go, do some laps around that, as well as the new Yamaha R7. That's kind of, it's still stock suspension, stock motor, but it's got a bunch of, it's got bodywork on it. It's got uh, attack performance parts, a Kropovich pipe, that type of stuff. So, yeah. And then, there, but but there were some other teams here. M4 was here doing the Jessica Zalewski track day thing, uh, Warhorse, HSBK, uh, you know, Ducati, New York, whatever. They're here. Um, some privateer Owen Owen Williams is here, um, right? Owen Williams, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Owen Wilson. Oh, he's an actor. Yeah. I'm a little tired. Well, you are. But anyway, tired. yeah. So there, there's uh, Jack Roach is here. So there's a bunch of people, uh, Moto America people here, and of course Jessica Zalewski being you know an ex racer herself, she yeah. did a couple of special things and gave some of the group or one of the groups, a special half hour and stuff like that. So it's cool. Got to ride Brainerd today. Um, I didn't get out on the R7. I didn't get out on the Superbike today, but I did get out 
as some of you saw on social media, on uh, Jack Roach's Westby R3. And, um, yeah, it looks like a monkey, a football. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was fun to get out. And, I mean, Jason, I don't think I had been on Brainerd since 2001, maybe, 2002. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. So the track that, that Moto America is going to ride is about two-thirds. Yeah, about two-thirds what it used to be. Yep. So um, pavement's kind of the same. Place is very much the same. It's flat. As you know, corners, It's they're fun. It flows, uh, except the new part isn't great um, in terms of the flowiness of the old Brainerd, but still a lot of fun. And uh, Gagne went fast today, but also crashed. Had a but big he's okay. high side. No problem. He's okay. Yeah, he had a now, bit of a high side. Is that a part side. of the track that, that I would have remembered, Greg? I remember turn one, two. You said it was turn five, I think. So it would be three, four. Was it a right Yeah, so, so right let's just go ahead and do what we normally know, Jason. So basically, you come onto the track. The new section connects to the exit of our old turn one, You know, which okay. was you know, 165 mile an hour One of the best corner. turns ever at one time. Exactly. So you're accelerating now onto onto that section of the racetrack so there's a bit of a seam transition but you're accelerating and jake likes to spin it so turn two our turn two is now turn four and then turn five would be turn three and turn three is that right hander that tightens up a little bit i remember so what happened with jake is he's spinning 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 and heating up the tire and when he went to go in the corner it kind of the rear end backed around on him and then sent him sideways Um, he's okay though no injuries he's he's okay yeah Cam That's Peterson good. is there. Bobby Fong was there. Cam Peterson tucked the front in the similar corner. It was just his mistake, and he but he balled up some gear. Uh, beyond that, you know, it was, it was good. Um, weather was good and all that. Yeah, weather was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it got a little warm, I suppose. Um, but Brainerd's you know, still the same way as it was, huh? Like as far as the facilities and some of that? Yeah, definitely. The area itself, uh, like Brainerd-Baxter, right before you get to Brainerd, is – completely updated from the 17 years that we've been here. And yes. I mean, there's a, there's stuff like Best Buy in town and a Target and a Walmart, you know, it's not yeah. just a Walmart town, all that's updated. And I, when, but when you pull into the track, that's kind of still the same. There hasn't really been many updates from the part that we go to, which is completely different from the part we used to go to. So now we're in the infield where we used to be on the outside of the drag strip. So, but, uh, I did some interviews with a couple guys, Jay, and um, asked them about how raceable it's going to be. And I think it's going to be two sections of raceable. There'll be the tra- the parts that you know, mm-hmm. that you're familiar with, the exit of turn one, two, three, four, yeah, five, yeah. And that type of stuff that are going to be raceable. And then the new stuff is really, really tight. So yeah, yeah. you're going to have to kind of get things done by then. And then it's I'm looking be- forward to going back up there. I always loved the area and I love Brainerd and. I got some great stories about that place. Just walking down the road with all my gear bag and clothes with <laughs> Susie. Like we got dropped off at one hotel and it was the wrong one. Cab left us. So I was host. No cell phones and shit back then. Right. So, oh, dude, no, 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 no. Nothing cell phones. Like so that. back. So we're like, what are we going to do? They're like, well, where's the, I, where's the hotel that we're supposed to stay at? The lady's like, oh, it's six blocks. I'm like, what? So like we, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we literally walked with all of our gear bags and bags just walking down the street, trying to find this other hotel back when privateering it, you know, good, some good stories from that place. So yeah. Anyways, I have to say thanks to 
to Jack Roach and his dad, John, uh, they were accommodating and let me ride his bike. Yeah. We were in two different sessions. Uh, so he was in the Zalewski part and I was in the Yamaha part. So, um, so Westby bike and they, you know, they prepared the bike for, for Jack. And then I got to throw a leg over it on the R3. That's cool and, that they let you do that though. So you can go see the place a little bit and yeah, no, exactly. Cool. John's a good dude. Jack's a great kid. So that's cool that they did that for you. That's great. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, you know, and, and you know, I'm in the middle of, uh, of the Greg's ride of the races deal. So I'll actually leave from here, uh, on Thursday and start to head towards the Ridge. And I have some really, really bitching rides that I'm looking. I mean, the first day is like 10 hours of freeway, Jason, until I get to Montana. So I'm just bombing through Fargo and all that stuff on 94. But beyond that, I'm going to, I'm going to get some really great rides and, uh, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Of course, on that Thursday before the Ridge, there's a tire test. So, you know, I yep. want to make sure I get there in time, which would be yep, good. That'll be good. That'll be great. I'm looking forward. I'm leaving Sunday. So man, it's so quick how all the summer is just ripping by again. And yeah, cause I leave Sunday for the Ridge. I'm there Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm there for obviously the races Thursday through Sunday. And then I'm there with Aprilia on Monday doing a special like uh thing with Aprilia this year. We had two of those, one at Laguna, one at the Ridge. So I'm excited about that too. And that's it's cool. going to be eight days, eight days on the road. Yeah. So, all right, look, folks, Hey, if you're new to the podcast or have been listening, make sure you subscribe. It, it helps us for sure. If you're interested in supporting the channel, Patreon page would be great. It's patreon.com slash Greg's garage TV. It's also going to be in the link. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about Moto America, Road America, what we saw there working over the weekend, World Superbike from Mizano. And we're going to talk about World Endurance from Lamar because we have had a request, Jason, that we talk about World oh, wow. Endurance. Yeah. On, okay. And um, we're going to preview MotoGP Germany. And we're finally, because we have been very neglectful, talk a little bit about MotoGP Fantasy, which we keep forgetting to do, by the well, way. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, because you stink. I stink. I'm so bad at it. But let's just get started, man, because Road America was typical Road America for, I mean, it is, there is just not a better place that we go. I mean, is there, I mean, honestly, Greg, is there a better place that we go than Road America? I, I, I mean, what all would you thing, put next all to All things, all things considered, no. The track is great. The, the people up there are super nice. The food there at the track is great. The fan turnout was a joke this year. I'd love to see what Moto America's numbers are. You know, when we left, when I left, probably, what, an hour after the last race, maybe 40 minutes after the last race, I went out through that gate number three out by turn one, and there was mm-hmm. just cars still packed. Like, you couldn't even hardly get on the road. Like, it was yeah. so many people there. And I'm like, I go oh. in gate three every morning. And Is uh, that right? Oh, is that where yeah. you go in? Okay, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I avoid all that stuff because that's right where the com- TV compound is. Yeah. And I'm riding that motorcycle, so I then go through the tunnel because oh, if I don't yes. get there at 7, 10, 7, you know, 40 in, or 20 in the morning, they won't let me ride through the tunnel. I got to go all the way around. Yeah, I've always thought it was funny that, like, Raj almost got kicked out for riding his scooter through that tunnel, but there's people out on the fan ride with shorts and T-shirts and no helmets. A little weird. But, but I mean, seriously, beyond that, Jason – the food is great. Oh, right? The facility well, itself is amazing. There's so much it. stuff to do. There's a kid zone, you know, and oh. the weather. Tell me when the last time you were at yeah. Road America and it didn't rain well, at all. I don't even think it rained overnight. When was the last time you were at Road America where it was too hot most of the time? Like it was hot, hot. Like it wasn't just like, yeah. I mean, it was hot, hot, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, hard to say. I was in the booth from 930 in the morning until we were done. So, but I get out of the hot. booth at like five thirty or six or whatever. We were done for the day, and I was like, "Wow, it's warm out here." Yeah, no, it was people hot. are like, "Hey, it, screw it you, hot. dude." 
Yeah, and I mean this year, I stayed. I wish you could have come seen it, but as you know, um, I had a, a crazy like Doug Lincoln. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just that guy's been so good to to all my friends when we come back there. And Cole, Simon, myself, we all we all rented this gigantic house, Greg, that was four minutes from the racetrack, literally like some 5,000 square foot log cabin, three stories on 35 acres. And they told us what the price of it is. It's, it was <laughs> makes you just want to move there. But then you remember that come, you know, September to May, it's cold. It's so, a little bit cold. Yeah. It's a little bit colder, but it could suck you in pretty quickly, but road America, let's just get right to it. I mean, listen, <laughs> Greg right and I, 10 minutes in. Yeah. Greg and I, Greg and I really at the beginning of the year, I was expecting there to be tons of diversity in our series. As far as Superbike goes, we figured there's going to be five different winners. We thought that Baz was going to come in. We, there was all kinds of things. And apparently Jake Gagne doesn't like really pay attention to anything that anybody else says because Gagne is just turning this into, I'm not even going to say the Cambodia show. This is the Jake Gagne show. He's going quicker at every track that we've gone to so far He's probably stapled that lap record somewhere up wherever it could be. And he's like, I'm going to go beat that. That's my mark. And he's not really racing these guys, is he, Greg? He's racing He's racing almost like a ghost. He's racing the ghost of Cameron Bobier's lap times and, and just showing everybody up a bit. Gagne feels like he's trying to prove something, but he's not that kind of guy. You know, you know 100%. what I'm saying? Like, oh, but, yeah. He's but, doing it as humble as he can, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, I when I was talking to Richard Samboli today, and you, you know how it is, Jason. We it's not a race weekend; it's a test, and it's a very casual test. It's not a tire test; it's not a parts test. It's it's a shakedown, you know, for to get information about Brainerd and stuff. And Samboli just put it, I think, as simply as possible. He just said, "Dude, Jake Gagne right now is one with the bike, and that's not meant to be like some Ben Bostrom cerebral type of thing." No. It's, it, he goes literally. He throws a leg over that bike, and he just blends with the bike. And he goes, "It's just all the time." And dude, he did like what did he do today? He did, you know, he he broke the track record at Brainerd, which isn't saying much in this configuration because obviously, you know, pro racers haven't been there. But he did a thirty-one-eight ultimately. But dude, he did like a thirty-two-two on like mm-hmm. his fourth lap. Yeah, well, yeah, never. That's, that's just the difference. And you got to right? keep in mind, okay. Just to give you an example of today, Gagne, Skoltz, Baz, Fong, Peterson, Heron, Sean Dillon, Kelly, Ferris, Landers, Lockoff, Hunter Dunham. That's just to name a few of the guys that were there. Mm-hmm. Not one, not one has ever, ever been to Brainerd, Minnesota. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, they would have no reason to. They're all so young. And it's like, you know, when you look at the times and things that he did in the races, Jake Gagne wins race one in Road America over Baz by 5.9 seconds. Cam Peterson Basically, it was at the finish. Cam ran second. Bobby ran. Bobby Fong ran second. Cam got by him. Baz got by Fong, and then last, you know, basically on the run to the finish line, Baz gets by Cam. Uh, Cam Peterson gets his first podium, which there's going to be a flood of those now that the gates have opened. I really believe that Cam will be there. Bobby Fong. I mean, Bobby is just. I had I had the pleasure of talking to him uh, Sunday night, and you know, we just talked about things, and it's. He's just had a really strange year, and it's going to start clicking for him. He'll he'll win races. Bobby will this year. I think both. I think both Suzuki riders have a chance to do that. But Gagne right now is just not allowing it. I, I say that with the hopes that those guys can do that. Um, but Gagne looks a little unbeatable. Heron ends up fifth. Skoltz sixth. A uh, little bit of a tough weekend for Westby. They did pull a third out in the second one, which was good. Kyle Wyman ends up seventh. Barbara eighth. David Anthony ninth. Jeff May tenth. Um, that first race, it it was like. 
the guy goes out and to put it in perspective, um, his best lap time of the entire race was a two eleven six. He was the only guy in the 11s um, was Jake Gagne. And he did a two fourteen one from a standing start from a standing start, Hector Barbara and eighth did a 13, five as his best lap. So when you look at it in those terms, Gagne from a standing start was only 0. 0.6 off of Hector Barbara, which, you know, that's and that's after, that's insane. after coming off of, uh, an outright track record, Moto America Superbike setting pole position too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah, just it's, like, it's, it's really mind blowing how, dialed in Gagne is with the, with the motorcycle, with the feel that he's getting with all those things, you know, I mean, it's, it hasn't been perfect. I mean, he's, you know, he crashed today, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, but it's as close to perfect as you like it. But I think when he goes to a new track like this, he's finding his own limits right now. He doesn't have a ghost to go back to and go like, Oh, what was, what's the, you know, what's the lap record here? You know, it's, it's, he's setting that time and he's, Dude, it started at Coda Test. I mean, you and I went back to our room after the first night, and it was like, Gagne looks different. Like, there's just, there's something about him. Uh, even talking with him there, he's like, I'm just going to try to smooth out. I'm going to try to chill. I'm going to try to do this and that. And, you know, as impressive as his race was the first day, I mean, arguably, without the motor blowing on the first day, take nothing away from Matthew Skoltz, but without the motor blowing in the first race at Road Atlanta, Jake Gagne wins all, all six of the first, you know, races. I mean, that's... I don't think anybody would necessarily argue that. Uh, just to put a stamp on it, the very next day, Sunday, comes along. Jake wins by 6.7 seconds over his good friend Cam Peterson, who once again finds himself on the podium after some bad luck. I mean, Loris Baz found some time that morning, and it did look like Loris was going to at least you know, have a little bit of a shot. Um, that said, Gagne decides to go 210.9 in the race 2109 <laughs> and Loris to his credit did do a 2117 before his Ducati blew up but the thing is is Gagne goes 2109 the next best lap time of anybody that finished Greg was a 2121 he's 1.2 seconds quicker than the next best time yeah of somebody and who new, finished and it's and insane. new race lap record right like Un, it's unreal it's <laughs> and so so again we're kind of faced with that same thing as we talk about Gagne and We've never ever questioned his talent. His talent uh-uh. is never. No, no, no. I mean, he is. He's up there with some of the greatest in terms of talent, motorcycle wise. But just like 2017, when he won the Stock Thousand Championship and qualified for a pro motocross race in the same year, well, ha- you know, hashtag only guy to do it. He just has that that swagger about him right now, and it's it does. It's it's a humble swagger. It's just it's just kind of a deep rooted confidence, and we've talked about it on the on the broadcast as well. You know, there's just so much going on in Jake's life that's great. Yeah, you know, he's, and he's just he such a good house. dude, isn't he? He yeah, he moves to Durango. His family, his mom and dad move, and brother move from uh, Virginia. You know, to Durango as well. He's got his girlfriend there, and he's got he's this dog stoked. that he loves. The dog. They go on long hikes and high altitude, and you know, it's just it's just Jake Gagne, right? Like Jake Gagne is a grinder in his own way. You know, he's not one to go, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the bicycle. He just finds ways to stay fit and enjoy life. And and he just barely lets anything rattle him. And he just runs his own program. You know, we were talking about today in the trailer about some gossipy stuff. And he's just like, dude, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's not interested in any of that stuff. He just runs his own program and just enjoys it. And 
and uh, and really sings the praises. You know, one of the things to keep in mind about about Cam Peterson and Jake Gagne is is they've been around each other for quite a long time, and 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 they've done a ton of American Super Camps together, right? And you know, there is that tie with American Super Camp and Danny Walker and all that kind of stuff for years, and it's like, man, Gagne's got a high opinion of of Cameron Peterson and his talent, and, yeah, and as well. a person, of course. But his his talent level, you know, and and Jake didn't go go so far to say it, but I think Jake thinks that if if that M4 team and Cam Peterson can get more time under their belt and get it a little bit more dialed in for Cam Peterson, and he learns a little bit more about electronics and so on and so forth, I think that he expects Cam Peterson to start chasing him down. There's just there's no question in my eyes. It's like I just. I, I really rate Cam Peterson a lot. I just I just think everything across the board that Cam has done in the last three, four years, last three years specifically, like, I mean, more specific, last year he was amazing on that bike. And I love how he's gone into this year. Um, Atlanta, he was still a little bit dinged up, got his points, got his finishes. VIR was a little bit of a strange weekend for him, getting in some weird battles. And, and I mean – First session Friday morning, I text Josh Hayes and said, "Dude, Cam looks like looks like Cam again." You know, on Friday morning, and it and it just led all the way into his weekend. The fact that the guy gets on the podium is no surprise to me whatsoever. I rate Cam a lot, and I also think Greg, and and, I'm, and this is a good question to ask you, but you know, when you look at the path that Garrett Gerloff has has kind of created for a lot of our riders, I think that there's a new motivation there now for like a Gagne and and Cam there. They, they can see that there could be a path over to some world stuff, which is what Moto America was originally created for anyways, is to get some of our guys back over there. Um, and I feel like that what Gerloff has done, hey, Gagne's, he should be in the talks, like the kids on it. There's no question. And actually, it's funny you say that because I did say to Cam Peterson before he left today, I'm like, your phone ringing? World Superbike calling? He's like, oh, I wish. And yep. I go, well, don't wish too hard. I said, it's not going to surprise me if you – you know, if you can close the gap to Gagne, that either one of you guys are going to start getting phone calls. Yeah. You know? Well, there's because, just, and, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with Garrett yeah. Kurloff. And we're going to talk about him, you know, later because in more detail, but I will say this about Garrett. I thought that Garrett had a very sensible weekend this weekend. Yeah. Other than qualifying, which put him back on the back foot a little further, but we'll talk about that as we get into it. But, but I think that what's happened is that we're starting to f- see that there could be a channel and all these guys over in Europe know is who Jake Gagne was on a C rated bike over there. That was essentially junk. The Honda was no good. Everybody talked about it being no good. Um, and he took the place of one of the greatest of all time, obviously with Nikki, you know, and, and Gagne was put in a hard spot there going over to it, you know, again, a world series on a C, a C bike. I, I, I can relate to that. Um, not that I'm putting myself anywhere near Gagne's level, but I went no, into the stop. same thing. But I mean, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying I did the same thing. The situation was, was very alike, probably, probably so a little difficult. bit worse than your Roger case, Lee honestly. did it. Raj did it yep. when he went and rode that Kawasaki on and a C-rated And Raj kept his team. career alive. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. And now you look at what's going on. You look at what's going on now, and there are opportunities that these guys are probably chomping at the bit and going like, well, I can see a path. So Jake Gagne just basically dominated um, – like he has all along cam second great job in the second race. Matthew Schultz ends up third narrowly beating Bobby Fong. There was a, some dust ups that looked like in that second race between Heron and Fong uh, turn one, Bobby kind of got shoved out. Look, he got a great start from the second row. And then 
during the course of the race, I could see there was some things happening. Um, we kind of like out the back of our camera views, we were maybe studying somebody else, but I could see, I don't want to say there were antics. There were just, you know, hard racing, whatever you want to call it. But Bobby was probably getting pretty frustrated that he couldn't get by Josh and get away from him. And he finally did get by him in the chicane. And then Bobby put on a hell of a charge at the end of the race. Uh, does his personal best lap time on the last lap of the race, Greg, 212.3 to narrowly miss being on the podium over Bobby Fong. Yeah. Uh, Heron told me, Schultz, I mean, Heron told me that what we didn't see on camera because there was a, the way that the, it cut, mm -hmm. I think it was in the carousel. They actually got together and kind of slammed into each other before, before Bobby parked him, you know, kind okay. of a situation, but nonetheless, um, you know, Josh Aaron rides hard and Bobby rides hard and there's definitely no love lost between those two. And I think you and I are looking for a rivalry, you know? Well, the rivalry is this, is it's this, you know, back in the day, you could say whatever you wanted, do whatever you want. And now with social media, people are scared and, and, you know, to, to, to be, have the public opinion put about them. And I think all of our writers, I think everybody across the world, it's, it's a little bit like that. Um, in all the series to be fair. And, and for me, it's, it's those guys, you know, like you say, they have, I guess they have some history. I, I don't, I don't really pay attention to it too much in the sense that unless somebody really says something and, but I've been in that position before where you want to get to the front and you kind of can't get there. And Bobby finally just parked him in the chicane and, and uh, you know, Josh is struggling and you look at Heron right now, he's 19.6 seconds back at the finish uh, Hector Barber was less than two seconds behind him um, on the on the shabby BMW finishing sixth, and With a broken finger. And and Heron right now, and, and I'm I'm sure he would say the same. You, if you talk to him tomorrow, he doesn't want to finish 19 seconds behind his teammate or anybody for that matter. And there's just something missing right now for him uh, there under that canopy. Don't know what it is, but there's just something a little bit off. Because when he got that ride last year, I said he kind of, to me, would be the favorite to start with, like right off the bat last year. Um, and it just hasn't worked out that way. I think part of the reason, too, that Josh would be the favorite is the pairing with Richard Stamboli. Yeah. Richard's working yep. really hard to try to figure out with Josh, how, you know, how to how to fix this, how to, how to get Josh more speed and get him up to speed because he's a fan favorite, bottom line. And people like to watch him race. They like to watch him race aggressively and, you know, if he can do that closer to the front, then the series wins. Uh, to, you know, just to put a button on this on the superbike points, uh, Gagne came in to the weekend behind Skultzy and now has an 18 point lead. Uh, you know, off of his five five wins in a row. Um, Want to wish Kyle Wyman a speedy recovery, Jason, because obviously he crashed, he hit a curb, he broke his elbow. I don't know if he's had surgery yet as of Tuesday. I I have not. You know, being at the track, I didn't have a chance to look at social media, but. Um, expect well, the to see... fact is, is that he's, he's literally, you've probably seen me look at my phone a couple of times. He's literally texting me right now. He's on a, he's on a plane. He's uh, going to get a little bit of work done on that elbow, um, going to a specialist. And, uh, other than that, that's what he knows right now. He's just, it was extremely unlucky. If you looked at his Instagram post and it is something that I noticed at road America, when I wrote there on Monday, Tuesday, the curving on the inside of that chicane, it starts like halfway. Like it doesn't, it doesn't start like normal curving wood. And as luck would have it, he ends up losing the front and his elbow hit the dirt that was, that should have had curbing on it. And the lip that was there is what actually broke his elbow. And he said, Jay, the second I hit it, I knew I did something. Cause when he got up and even in our telecast, I said, Ugh, 
looks like it could be a collarbone. looks like it could be a shoulder. As it turns out, it was his elbow. If you go on his Instagram, you can see it. But shout out to him. Hopefully, we'll get him back sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, now, now, Greg, with that 18-point lead, I mean, don't you feel like you're kind of going to a track like the Ridge that is like Jake Gagne? I mean, it just seems like that place would suit him even more. Yes. However, with that said, though, Jason, the track has been freshly paved. There is a Dunlop tire test on Thursday. And, you know, I think Dunlop is a little bit concerned, as they always are when they go to a freshly paved track, as to what they're going to get. Now, my guess is that Tony Romo and the whole Dunlop crew have probably sent some spies out there with some other racers to test that surface. But, yeah, you know, the, the one thing that I'm thinking about is if it indeed proves to be a bit of a thing, this new surface, which... By and large, when we go to a new surface, you're going to see very abrasive, you know, tire wear. Uh, that could leave the door open for someone who's got a better setup than Jake Gagne or someone who's able to manage the tire. And so I'm holding on to that story until we until we get there at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, I get, I'm going to get to see it Monday. So, yeah, that's going to be – it'll be fun to be able to get there, see it. I mean, I love the area. Uh, I love – I mean, I do. I love the area up there. And the weather's supposed to be perfect. I've been checking it out. So – so well, we're going to see how these. We yeah. were we were talking about Kyle Wyman, so let's go ahead and, yeah. and and button up King of Baggers real quick because as we look at Kyle Wyman and King of the Baggers, he ended up winning the race. Uh, you know, Tyler O'Hara, who is who is leading the championship, ended up breaking, and Kyle ended up winning the race, his first win, um, you know, in Moto America, I believe, and uh, he ends up leading that championship. So. You know, the thing is, is that they only have one hmm. round left in King of the Baggers, which is Laguna, which is only, what, three and a half weeks away. So it's, you know, he can't afford to miss that race. He, he has a 20-point lead in the championship, I would think, and he was five behind, and, you know, he wins maximum points and so on. So if Tyler wins that race, Kyle loses it by five points. So I just hope that Kyle doesn't, you know, rush back too soon, but... It's well, going to be tough not to come back to Laguna if he's got any chance to ride because he wants to win that King of the Baggers championship. Well, you got to think Harley that's the Davidson. circle point for him, right? The circle on the calendar is going to be Baggers at Laguna. You know, whether he's, you know, we don't know. We have no idea if he's healthy or not. You know, hopefully we'll be able to find out this week. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, he's probably going to get a little work done. And the whole objective will be to, if he can't ride the super bike at Laguna, um, we already know he can't, obviously he can't ride at the Ridge. I have no clue what's going on with him or the team there, but they'll probably come to Laguna. And I got to think that baggers has got to be his priority right now because there's probably a championship bonus and Harley's. Oh, there. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. But by the way, it's, it's Kyle Wyman. It's 16 points back is Hayden Gillum. Two points back from that is Frankie. And then so 20 adrift is tough. So there is people even in between them. So, yeah, I mean, championship bonus. Obviously, Harley wants to beat Indian. I mean, they're, they're and you're absolutely right. So there's something called the premier entrant, Jason, which basically requires a team like Kyle um, with this premier entrant in Moto America to field the team. So there I don't see any reason why there's not going to be, a uh, you know, a Panera Bread Ducati team or whatever at, at Laguna or at uh, the Ridge with someone on it. Did you get a phone call? Are you going? No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I, huh? at this Is point, Jason I'm just more coming back to talk about my comeback earlier. What about you? Dope. Why am I dope right now? Huh? I look like I've been eating at Panera bread for 24, seven a day, let alone <laughs> getting on a race bike. I'd be good for about four laps. And they, they, if they did a sprint, the three or four laps, I might be okay. And you put everybody else on old tires. No, I don't know. You know, Kyle right now, the, the bigger thing is getting him healthy. So, 
whatever he decides to do who, is going to. Who be would you put on his bike if you had if you had the opportunity? Who would you? You know, I don't know. I, I there's. I know who I'd pick. I don't know why you wouldn't call if if he's in tight with Ducati at all. Why wouldn't you get Zanetti? Call Zanetti. Why you gotta you call, call Zanetti? Zanetti. I mean, I don't know if you have the budget for it, but you gotta call Zanetti. I you mean, know. Raj looks Raj is skinny and healthy, and he's riding a Ducati hot fast lap or whatever. Why you know get Raj on there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Raj will hate really? me for that, but no. But I'm saying like Raj goes dirt track, and I'm sure he could stand in and do a, a an event. If yeah, but if to. you're but if you're Kyle, I would think Jason that you'd want to if if you get Zanetti. Here's the upside to Zanetti. Helps Zanetti's gonna bike. exactly. He's gonna tell you where you are in your yeah. program in terms of that Ducati. So uh, it, obviously, be the best thing he could do. Right. Even if it's a world Superbike off weekend, I wouldn't recommend getting anybody on Pirelli's because, you know, as a Kyle's team, you don't want to risk someone tucking the front. I don't care how professional you are. The Pirelli's a different front tire than the Dunlop. Well, and I, when, when you, you know talk about the kind of riders you're talking about, though, I mean, I even thought like, what about Josh Brooks if BSB hasn't, isn't starting or one of those? Yeah, I just, just think to... someone with electronics experience. I, I, I just think Zanetti's a good option, and I think he's the probably... best option. He is the best option. But he's you the best remember, option. But Kyle's a team owner, but it's not like he's got money falling out of his pockets to pay these guys and pay for crew and pay for this shit to come over. So, so that would be the obvious choice. Um, Pegram, you know, yeah, Pegram's yeah, not much of a crasher. I mean, no, you know, no, but... no, no, no. And and he he rode that Ducati there, but I just think that it gets to a stage where you kind of got to go the bang for the buck for him where where is the smartest money for him to put it and if he's got to have a rider on there just get somebody that's not going to come and destroy your program you know if you remember last year kyle didn't have the greatest time at the ridge so it's probably <laughs> like one of those things yeah. where where he's a little sour about it anyways way not to dodge a bullet of, kyle breaking yeah, your elbow you yeah, have to go to the ridge anymore well America. done you skip that place we'll find out later that does somebody else's elbow that he showed x-rays of i'm sure um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, let's move on, Greg. Supersport, you know, when we looked at Supersport, we had two like unbelievable races there. In the first race, I think the the, the big thing you got to talk about is, you know, you you kept on ticking off on a piece of paper during the telecast. I'm like, what's he doing? And you were just <laughs> being smart and you were doing your job and you were ticking I had off a feeling. 34 lead changes between Richie Escalante and Sean Dylan Kelly. And when you look at it, those two guys, man, I'll tell you, I don't know what kind of blood there is between the two of them, if they hate each other, if they like each other, but there is definitely respect on the racetrack. Both of them give each other room. The racing's hot. The racing's tight. It's aggressive, but I've never heard those guys come into a press conference or say an ill word about the other guy. Like one guy's in a way, depending on where their careers go, they're pushing each other now and making each other better. So I think that's a good sign. Um, But at the end of the day, man, they end up, you know, SDK goes up underneath uh, Escalante's. They go down to turn five, like we've seen so many times, tucks the front, and Escalante ends up tipping off as well, kind of getting in a dirty part of the track maybe and just a little bit too much front brake, but he ends up tipping off as well. Well, while that was going on, there was a big battle for third between Mesa Lockoff and Benjamin Smith. Lockoff had come from a ways back, but Mesa holds on to win his first 600 Supersport uh, race. He holds on by just a little under a second over Lockoff. Ben Smith, 2.4 back. Rocco ends up fourth. And, you know, when you look at Rocco, it's like he he didn't look stoked with himself after that one. Escalante and SDK pick their bikes up to finish fifth and sixth. A welcome return to racing for Almeida, seventh. Carl Soltis finishes eighth. Lampkin, ninth. With Dominic Doyle, another guy 
that came back from the injured reserve list here. He ends up 10th and on day two, sorry, I'm rambling, Greg. Escalante wins on day two and goes 218 flat, by the way. What did they qualify at? Do you remember? Like uh, 18. Like 18-3. Yes, 18-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes 18 flat in the race. And really the story of this, the story of this race here, and I've already heard people whining about, oh, it's the cow. He's so much faster. No, no, it wasn't that. It was that SDK got uh, he wheelied off the line is really what ended up happening. And Lockoff got by and Escalante was able to sneak underneath Lockoff down into five and just kind of get that. He broke that, that draft, didn't he, Greg? I mean, and then had his head down. I really believe that if STK would not have had that happen and he could have got through the infield with, with Escalante, he'd have done the same lap times as, as Richie. Yeah. And he would have done the same thing. I, I believe as the day before, I mean, even though Escalante, it would have been so kind of race, you mean? Same, same kind of race. I mean, Escalante yeah. ultimately did go faster, but the one thing SDK has that really is, impresses me right now is the fact that he does know how to race Escalante. He knows how to disrupt his line. He knows how to disrupt his rhythm. Correct. And that's when you have a motorcycle that's at a bit of a disadvantage, going back to Laguna Seca with, you know, Valentino Rossi and uh, Casey, Casey Stoner. Stoner. Yeah. You know, definitely the Ducati at that time was outclassing the Yamaha, but then he disrupted the flow and got the win, and you know the rest is history. But you Stoner know, it's, cried. It's of, yeah, I know. As usual, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I mean, so it, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it, it the Kawasaki got an eight pound nerf. You know, they 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 tried to slow it down a little bit, but at the end of the day, this is motorcycle road racing, and excellent racers that are dialed into their equipment and have great teams behind them always end up rising to the top. And I think that's what we're seeing with Escalante and Kelly. At least I can say in race two, Jason, that Mesa and Lockoff increased their pace. So did Benjamin mm-hmm. Smith. Yeah. You know, in the first race, only Escalante and Kelly were in the 18s and no one else even did a 19. You know, it was a low 20. At least these guys went 19-7 did Mesa and 19-8. Showing some improvement, and uh, Mesa able you, to get that, that it's third a, place. It's a great point that you bring up there, Gray, because in the race that Mesa won, he did that in twenty six minutes and two seconds, and then he ends up finishing third in twenty five minutes and forty nine seconds. So he dropped, you know, um, what thirteen seconds? He actually dropped thirteen seconds. His race pace on the second day was actually quicker than the first, as was Escalante's. Escalante's race time was quite a bit quicker. So they were almost uh, 30 seconds uh, difference race time to race time Escalante to to Mesa on that second day. But, you know, this race was all about that first lap and just getting out of the, you know, getting uh, away early. And SDK tried for those first two laps. The problem with a place like Road America is you keep trying so hard to make up that time once you've lost the toe that any little tiny mistake you make, it just allows that guy to get away again and then get away again. And I got to think that when it got to like three seconds, four seconds, I'm definitely not saying SDK quit, but there, there's the writing on the wall of, okay, I keep pushing myself as hard as I am. I might crash. If I crash, I leave here with nothing. And at the end of the day, he only lost six points on the weekend as it turned out. So that's really not that big a deal. Like it, when you say that, that, you know, you go crash it and throw it down the road, then you're in a lot more trouble. And I think this is going to be a good track that we're going to for SDK. I think the Ridge will be a good place for him. Didn't he win at, at yeah, the Ridge last year? Yeah, he I think did. it's going to be good. I think he's going to have a lot of confidence and still with an 11-point lead in this championship. And I think 
that it's it's going to be really good. It's it's a bummer that we're not going to have Mesa I know, um, being yeah, third in the championship. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but it's you long know way long way from Southern Florida, and he actually has other commitments uh, that weekend. Not race commitments per se, but he's got to go out of the country and. Um, you know, and I thought, I thought lock off, you know, again, he did really, really well. Benjamin did really, really well. Uh, Ben lost part of like nearly the whole second session on Friday. Um, he lost that session, uh, due to some mechanical stuff. Um, Kevin Almeida almost caught him at the line. So great to see Kevin Almeida back. Rocco Landers ended up running wide in turn five, right off the bat. He ended up seventh, Saltese eighth. Max Angles finished ninth, and local guy Nate Minster, who just told me all weekend, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just struggling with this, struggling with that as far as bike goes." And he just he just had a bit of a struggle bus, uh, you know, this whole year. Nate Minster's just been struggling. Last year he was up front. This year he's just struggling a little bit. Yeah, and that happens. But Super Sports got to be good. I think it's going to be good at the Ridge. You know, I hope that we get a couple more. You know, maybe Lockoff makes a step with this test. You know that they did today. Um, you know, he went, he went pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to the Ridge, but let's, yeah, let's move on good. Jay. Junior um, cup. Yeah. Junior cup. So in junior cup, Tyler Scott wins the race, the first race by half a second over, which was huge margin of victory, by the way, yeah, over Cody giant. Wyman and Ben Glotty. Blake Davis looked really fast on a Yamaha P4. I believe he had the two mil over kit as well. So I like the the balancing act that Moto America's got with the Yamaha. Gus Rodeo in fifth, Toth, Max Van in seventh, Hayden Bickney's in eighth. So that's kind of a big gap. So it really was the top seven. I mean, Max Van ended up losing three seconds at the end, so it really came down to six. But ultimately, that race was about seven. So then yeah. it was Bickney's, uh, Aiden Tau, uh, Colstead, which I'm really surprised not to see him. Up I was there too. I was surprised Junior. to see him so far back. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what happened there. And Lamandry uh, Jr., if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, me too. I really thought yeah. that those two would be right in the mix. Um, Owen Williams, who made his debut, he's 14 years old in about six hours. Uh, he <laughs> yes. he's, he ends up 12th, and uh, Dreyer, Jack Roach, and then Chase Black. In the second race, it was much the same. We saw seven up front, but this time they finished a lot closer. Gus Rodeo was able to sneak his way up to the front and win by 24 thousandths of a second over Scott Toth, Max Van in fourth, Blake Davis in fifth, Cody Wyman slipped to sixth, Benjamin Glotty, that was a bit of a surprise in seventh, just kind of got shuffled back. But Owen Williams ended up in eighth, 15 seconds back, but he ended up beating to the line Lamandry Jr. and Colstead and Avery Dreyer with Hayden Bickney's there. So a really great result for the young Williams in eighth place coming out of, I know, a lot of time in California. So um, what are your takeaways from Junior Cup? Well, it's a it's a battle. And when you look at what happened in qualifying, Glady was 1.2 or 1.3 quicker than anybody. He was able to do those lap times on his own, but as is like we used to see at Daytona, like we see at Road America, Greg, we, if you're like within one or two seconds of the leaders, you can you can kind of get in that toe, get in that draft. And if you don't do anything silly, you can kind of hang on to the leaders and stay there with them. And that's essentially what the race became between all these guys. And Ty Scott did an incredible job the first day to break away a little bit there at the end. And Cody did a nice job, you know, drafting Ben Glotti. When you look at race two, you know, Gus Rodeo, he was laying on his back at the ridge last year with a broken femur. And he comes back this year a little bit taller, a little bit stronger. He's been there kind of all year. I've seen him there. Um, but this race, he just rode to perfection. He ends up drafting Tyler Scott to the line. Max Toth had a great run on those guys 
but just ran up in the dirt a little bit. And uh, he ended up coming home third. I was happy to see Max Van. I don't know Max, but I was happy to see him lead some of this race and get up front. Blake Davis. I mean, what are you going to say about him? He's the only one on a Yamaha. He's doing a, a great job. I think, you know, Cody Wyman gets pushed back and Glady gets pushed back. I think for Glady, this is probably the hardest track for him. Wouldn't you agree? As far as like being able to get away. Yeah, for sure. And I you know? think that, yeah. And, and the, the hardest part I think about the junior cup category as well, the, the laps are very long at road America and you do have quite a bit of time to formulate a plan, even though it's so hectic. And it's like, if you have a plan and all of a sudden you get shuffled once you get shuffled twice, it's like, how do you scramble to get that plan back? Because yeah. now all of a sudden you're back there, if that makes any sense. And, and I Ty think Scott was kinda... seventh going into the last lap. He was seventh. If you remember, like if you remember going down the back straightaway, it was like, he couldn't even draft anybody. He, the, they, the first six kind of had gotten away from him and he ended up getting past a couple guys that got in each other's way out of turn five. So like he jumped him up to fifth and he was kind of creeping his way up. But very intelligent young man, very intelligent kid. But I think that, you know, when you look at like a road Atlanta, that would be another place that would be hard to get away from. But that little top of the section at road Atlanta, that turn two, three, four, whatever at the top, there is a place where a guy like Ben Glady can use his size and get down through there. And and if somebody goes with him, that's fine. Uh, like he did. Um, but I think this is going to be the toughest place for Ben. And I feel that now moving forward, um, like especially the Ridge is going to be a good place for him. I think you're going to see Dave Colstat. Obviously he's from up in that area. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with up there. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how clean and safe the races are between all these guys as far as close as they battle. So, um, yeah, great, great racing in junior cup. We'll see more of those guys when we go up there in a couple of weeks, let's go to stock thousand, which is really the race for me that I've so I proud mean, of you. You must've read that on a piece of paper. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm really training myself. Greg gets on me because I say super, super stock 1000, but anyways, stock thousand, Jake Lewis. Awesome. Jake just had a tremendous weekend. I mean, a tremendous weekend. And by the way, he goes 14.8 on a, on a stock thousand bike. Um, Jake Lewis ends up winning by 1.3 seconds over Jeff May. Jeff rode amazing also all weekend long. He's doing doing a lot of good things on that Honda. He's making that bike look good. Hello, Honda. Like maybe you should think about trying to do something. Hey, Honda, do Hello. something. Yeah. Hello. Uh, Is um, anybody Honda? Get it? Like yeah. home? It was kind do of they, a word. Yeah. Anyways. So he ends up second. He's been doing great, right? Corey Alexander ends up third. Travis Wyman fourth. Mesa ends up fifth with Lee Gilbert seventh. Yates eighth. Pegram finishes his ninth. Good to see Larry out there. I, I was texting him during the weekend and stuff. So, you know, it was good to have Larry there. And, and you know, he was up there. I mean, he ran 215.5, um, which obviously is was right there with like podium pace. Yeah, but um, did you hear why Pegram kind of drifted back? No, this was is he- this is not racing. So, so, so one of the problems with the Ducati in stock thousand is is that it runs hot. The V four. Oh, yeah, listen, I can hot. tell you, I'm riding a you know I'm riding a multi strata V four S, and it it runs hot. Okay. Um. So what what was happening with Pegram is is if if he was if anybody was in front of him, the bike was heating up. So he's like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drift back a little bit and create a little distance between myself and the person in front of me and let the bike cool down. Then I'm going to get a run at him. So he would drift back and then someone would pass him and he'd be like, oh crap, it's overheating. So he'd drift back and then someone oh, would my pass God. him. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, Larry, what are you thinking? Just blow yeah. the motor up man. see what, see what I mean, happens. Yeah. Well, 
that sucks. I mean, but you know, it does, it does, it, but, it but sucks. it's the reason why, you know, people aren't riding the Ducati now because, you know, last year there was a request for a concession for a larger radiator and it's stock thousand. It's not fair. It's like if the manufacturer makes a bike that isn't competitive in the class, that's the way it is. It's the way it is. And man. you know, the, you the fact that it, yeah. What are you going to do? The fact that it's overheats, it's like, that's not the spirit of stock thousand. But anyway, with that said, Jay, I do want to say that there was a red flag in this race in the beginning portion of the race. Corey Alexander looked like he was going to check out. And in this particular case, you know, you know, I'm, um, you know, hashtag no fan necessarily, but it do, it was like Corey had a great launch in the first part of the race and then it got kind of. And who was chasing him down? I can't remember who was in second and third, but they had kind of gotten away. The first three guys, I, I want to say, I want to say it was Mesa, but I can't remember. I want to say it was Corey and I think Mesa it was Mesa and, and May, Lewis? maybe. May, yeah, Mesa, Mesa in May. I think that, that Jake was didn't it, get you know? as good of a start the first race and there was a gap there. But, but dude, let's be fair. Jake Lewis had pace. I mean, he did 14. No, no, no. I mean, he was the only, he was the yeah. only one in the, in yeah. the race that we know of that did a 14. Yeah. You know, he which did a 14, is, eight, which is super impressive. And when you look at the championship point standings right now, uh, Jake actually has the point lead at 96 points. Next best is Jeff may at 78, Corey Alexander, 74 tied with Travis Wyman, Michael Gilbert, 73. I mean, this championship is going to probably go to the last race of the year. I would expect, although here's what, you know, last year on that bike, we saw what Cam Peterson did with the Altus Motorsports team. He just went on and kind of dominated, and you wouldn't put it past Jake. Now he's tasted that champagne a few times. I mean, by the way, he won both Superbike Cup races. It was a clean sweep for Jake Lewis. Taught, you know, he won three different kind of races, uh, you know, on the course of the weekend. So, he and, and here's the thing, Jay. In talking to his crew, uh-huh. you know, because we don't commentate Stock Thousand, and I did mention this to you before, but in talking with his crew, one of the things that Eric Gray had told me was. He goes, look, we are getting closer and closer to making this bike Jake Lewis's bike. It was Cam Peterson's bike. And the way that they ride the motorcycle in terms of just setup geometry is completely different. But also on the electronic side, Cam Peterson in stock thousand trim was anti-electronics, really. He, he, he did a lot with his right wrist. And Jake Lewis wants more electronics. And so there as a team are really getting this bike dialed in for Lewis. And that is becoming like a head turner at this point, because you're like, well, what Lewis has gone, what I think win second win in the last three races. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's the hot hand right now. I mean, when you look at it and, and honestly, he looks like he's getting fitter and he just, you know, that's, that's, and he's going to be more motivated now than ever. And he's never been to the Ridge, but so he's a little bit lucky they're doing that Thursday test there and all that good stuff. So yeah, I mean, when you look at it, that and it's such a fun class to watch. It's a really, really fun class to watch the st- that stock thousand. So let's get to twins, Greg, where Caleb DeCrail like pretty much had the perfect weekend that you could have. Um, he he ends up starting from the front row. He ends up taking off and winning. And, and basically, Teague Hobbs and Trevor Standish sadly don't finish this race. Uh, Jackson Blackman ends up second. Chris Parrish again third. Love seeing Chris up on the podium. It's always cool with him up there with these kids. You know, Hayden Schultz. Who I was a little bit surprised was a long way back at this one. When you look at his best time of a 232.6, and you look at Caleb's bike, same team, same everything, at a 228.9, I'm not sure what was going on with Hayden there this weekend, but he ends up fourth, got himself some points. Liam McDonald ends up fifth. Cook, Donahue, Snooks, John Knowles, Sam West round out your top 10. But I think the real tell here for me, Greg, is that the two guys that were kind of the championship like guys, 
Teague Hobbs, Trevor Standish, they both crash out of this race. So now you've just given Caleb DeCrail a 10-point lead now over Chris Parrish, um, 77 to 67. Then you got Teague Hobbs Blackman, who missed the first two races um, in Atlanta. So he's done a nice job collecting some points. Trevor Standish is in fifth. I think overall, when you look at the weekend, Road America for me is going to be like continue Gagne dominance. What do we see? How many different points do we see this year, this weekend change in uh, the championships? I think we saw Superbike change, Twins Twins Cup changed, Stock Thousand. No, I think Stock. I think Stock Thousand. I'm not sure if Jake was leading coming in, but but I mean, right now all the classes are pretty close um, as far as where where the championships are. There are guys that are going to be winning races. We've you know I, I think and the fans. I think that's the last thing we got to talk about with Road America. I haven't seen that busy that that place that busy, unless you look back at the days when you and I were going back there in the you know '90s, late '90s, early 2000s. It was slammed. It was slammed, and it was slammed with a variety of people because Baggers was there. Yep. So we had a variety of older race fans, of newer race fans, of people that are there just to see Harley Davidson in their backyard, and it was great. And the kids uh, were racing at the go kart track on the Ovalis and. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there was so much stuff going on, and cannot say enough about Road America and and what they host. I actually think that there were probably a little bit more people there on a Saturday than on Sunday, actually. Uh, really, and, and that's that's an unscientific deal. But over where our TV compound is, there's a huge parking area, and it wasn't quite as full. But on the other hand, I heard that there were more motorcycles there that people rode more motorcycles to road America. So and our compound where we were parked though, isn't like the, where our, where we park our stuff. I, I didn't think it was that busy Saturday anyways, but it's not the greatest place to park. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's okay. Cause you can walk straight through the tunnel. If, if you're yeah, there, yeah. there, there's grandstands on that side. And I'd much rather park out by turn five or turn yeah. somewhere yeah, else yeah. and get be closer to the racetrack. Cause from where our compound was, it's a bit of a hike, wouldn't you agree, to get out to like where you? Oh yeah, definitely. To. I mean, to get anywhere from our TV compound, you got to work the glutes, no doubt you about gotta it. Got to work the glutes. G Dub, did you watch Mazzano <laughs> this weekend? Did you get to watch I, it? I did. I watched it all, buddy. Yeah, yeah I did too. It I was... watched it all. All right, let, let let me bring it up then, Jay, because Do it. folks, World Superbike at Mizano, Italy. Um, listen, just for American fans, let's get this out of the way. Garrett Gerloff is going to serve a penalty in race one. He's got to start from pit lane, but he still was able to participate and qualify in super pole qualifying and, or, you know, and he, he bend it. And so he had to start from what the back, the back of the grid in, 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 in race two, which will set the grid for race three. But anyway, well, what really hurt him though, Greg, is you're, you just to, to close your point is that, is that the, the thing is, is that he would have been able to start if let's say he qualified seventh, right? He's going to start dead last in that first race on Saturday anyways, but he would have been able to start the Super Bowl race from seventh. You know what I mean? Um, and it really hurt him that he didn't get a he didn't get a banker lap in. He came across start finish line and crashed in turn one right off the bat with like nine and a half minutes to go in the session, and it really put him on his back foot. And you know that he had to be going there thinking about riding in his, on his best behavior, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. So like, yeah, he binned it. He crashed. He was pushing. I'm okay with that, but he didn't disrupt anybody else's race. And so that's why at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, I just think he played it smart. But in race number one, Jay, it was Michael Ruben Rinaldi who had a dominating victory, 3.6 seconds over top rack, Razgat Lioglu, who looked really good. Jonathan Ray struggled, uh, but Jonathan Ray on Saturday had a 
absolutely monumental <laughs> save. Uh, Mark Marquez asked, it, get on yes. the internet and just just look for it. He was he was doing everything was Johnny Ray to stay with Michael Rubin Rinaldi, and at the end at the end of the race, Ray gets credited with the fastest lap of the race, but it nets him a third place finish. Yeah. Scott Redding struggling, I think, really, you know, 10, 10.2 seconds behind in, in fourth. Uh, Lowe's in fifth. Bautista, Bassini, Sykes, Locatelli, Vandemark, your top 10. Gerloff ends up from, from DFL to 12th. He had to start from pit lane, you know, after everybody was already in like turn two, I think. And pretty impressive, so he, huh, though, really. Yeah, I mean. he ends up your third independent rider. So, and, and, you know, listen, Gerloff did a decent lap time. I mean, you know, it wasn't, he didn't set the world on fire. It wasn't like he was running the pace. He did a 35 eight as his fastest lap of the race. And, you know, I, I think that 35 eight is, is probably the 10th fastest lap of the race. So, you know, but you got to, you're said, doing though, that. You got to remember he came from dead last going carbon, through every yeah, single You're person. carving your way through all that traffic. Right. And you're trying so, not to upset the apple cart more, you know, and you're trying not to. Yeah. hundred. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And that's he ended really, up only three like, seconds behind Mahias at the end. And when you look at it, Greg, he was just sort of, um, I mean, he was three seconds behind Vandemark too. He was almost in the top 10 coming. From, yeah, exactly. From dead last, now, so. now in race two, the super pole race, which is 10 laps, Ronaldi wins again, this time by less than a half a second over as got and Ray in third, Redding in fourth again, Lowe's, Bassini, Sykes, Gerloff, uh, you know, who started way back ends up in eighth place. And he showed, Again, good, solid pace, not record-breaking pace, but good, solid pace. So that at least gives him a decent starting grid in eighth place, you know, for the last race of the day. Locatelli, Bautista, Haslam, Nazani, Laverty, Rabat, and Vinales, your top 14. Um, good race. I thought a lot of resiliency by Rinaldi. Uh, I thought Razgatlioglu you know, put on a good show. He put up a good fight, but you know, it just seemed like Ronaldi had that little bit of an extra edge at his home track in Italy. So then Jason, it moves on to the speculation of, okay, we go back to a full race. Can Ronaldi do the triple, you know, but in this one, it wasn't necessarily meant to be. So when we look at our results, it is Razgat Lioglu who puts on a good show wins by 1.2 seconds over Michael Rubin, Ronaldi, and Ray ends up third. So three third place finishes, closes up the championship battle again with the Redding. And wow, fourth. what a shitty weekend, huh, for Ray? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Poor guy, man. You know, hey Johnny, why don't you call me and uh, you know if you, you need can, a little uh, help there? Got, if you need some bike yeah, setup yeah, notes, give us. I got a, call, a sh- I got a shoulder know. for you if you need it. Um, <laughs> guy sets you know, pole and finishes three thirds, and we're like, oh, what's wrong with Johnny Ray? Oh, the world is coming down. <laughs> the damage. Uh, Gerloff ends up finishing fifth, you know, and really yeah, but if you look result. at his time, if you look at his time, he did 35 two. the fastest lap of the race is a 34, eight. So he's only four tenths off. And I mean, like you said, Greg, he rode very smart this weekend. He did what he had to do, got through that weekend. It was going to be tough anyways, but he, he literally made it harder on himself. He could have still had a great Sunday if he hadn't crashed in qualifying, you know, he would have finished 12th in the first one. And then he would have been able to, um, and then he would have been able to, probably finished better in the first race on Sunday, the Super Bowl race, because it, you know, wherever he would have qualified. And then that would have really given him a chance in race two. But I think when you look back at Mizano and, and we're kind of bla- blazing through this because our podcast is so long, but um, you know, you said something really funny to me uh, in the morning. I think it was Saturday morning. You're like, Oh, you're going to love this race. And I'm like, Oh, great. Like, what am I going to miss? 
Um, Greg, Greg always kind of, you watched him a little bit earlier than I did, I think. And then, and afterwards I'm like, what is it that, what is it that you thought I was going to be? It's like, Oh, you hate, you hate Ronaldi. I don't hate Ronaldi. I don't. <laughs> I was laughing. I'm like, what? Well, everybody thinks you hate Ronaldi. I'm like, well, who's everybody, you know? Um, hey, if I say everybody, I mean, everybody, do you understand? All, 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 all right. Two of our listeners. You know, if I say is, them, then it means them. Do you understand? God. My mom always goes, well, they say, I'm like, well, who's they, you know, who's they, who's they mom? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the thing is, is I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't dislike Ronaldo. Like, but when you were talking, when we were talking about Chaz or Ronaldo, I would have probably kept Chaz. Now, Chaz this weekend makes me think that they made the right decision. They took Ronaldo, and he did good at his home race. I think that what needs to be backed up is, you know, what's he going to do from here out? Um, he obviously rode amazing this weekend. I think the puzzling question is all everybody, everybody talked about Redding. How about everybody still talks about Redding, Redding, Redding? He's not even second in the championship. No. As a matter of fact, top rack is second as he has cut 20, his. 20 points back. That's right. Poor That's right. Johnny Ray only has 20 point advantage wow. in this championship. It's over. It's I over. saw this interview with Johnny that I loved. I watched it on I watched it on Saturday night. Two Italian guys are interviewing him. It's it's like a it's like a webcam version, so you can see everybody talking. And they're talking, Greg, and they asked him a simple question. I, I think I told you this in the booth. I think, I think, but they asked him a question, like, so like the Italian guy says, you know, over your career, who's the most dangerous? And he doesn't mean by like guys like dangerous. He means by like who did you fear the most as far as beating you? Johnny didn't even know how to answer it. He's like, well, I've never really thought about it. Like I've never really thought about it. Like, keep in mind, this guy's raced against Biaggi and Haga and, and Bayless. And he's like, I'm there. I, there nobody really. He's like, I'll tell you, because you know, the one unbeatable factor that I had was probably in 19 with Batista and that Ducati. He's like, I don't know how we won that, but you know, I had a good team that we just kept doing our thing. We didn't worry about anybody else. We just did our thing. And the next thing you know, something that seemed invincible became very, very doable. Um, he's like, it would be interesting to go back and look and see what really was the unraveling for Batista, you know? And then they asked him a question um, a little bit later. And I thought, man, when you really think about the context of this question, and who you're racing against. But they asked him about pressure. And he goes, oh, I don't even feel pressure anymore. There is no pressure, he says. There's no pressure. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like he says, I'm thinking to myself, this guy doesn't feel pressure at all because he's done it six times. There's no pressure. It doesn't matter. He's got such a good team and he focuses so much on himself and what he does. He doesn't, and he says the right things like, oh, you know, I think top rack's going to be closer. And I think, you know, I don't know what's going on with Honda and why they haven't been able to close it, but Redding's going to be tough. And, you know, my teammates, can, he says the right things. But at the end of the day, he only cares about one person, and that's Johnny Ray. They just can control what he can control. I think that's what Jake Gagne reminds me of. You know, in terms of he's just focused on himself, his own program. He doesn't really he doesn't really care. If you throw something at Jake, uh, Jake Gagne, he's going to deal with it in the moment. That's what Johnny Ray does, right? Yeah. He deals with it in the moment. And obviously, Agreed. Jake Gagne doesn't have the, you know, the resume right now, you know, that Johnny Ray does. But I'm just saying it, it feels like a very similar approach. It, it feels very familiar when I watch Jake Gagne from inside out deal with every situation. I don't think right. Gagne even deals with pressure. I don't think he really feels it. I think he's just out there doing his thing. Just does his thing. It's like, he's, 
it's it's got to be so nice to be able to get yourself into that position where um i mean it's great to be able to get into that position and just go like hey this is this is kind of what i'm doing i'm I'm just going to do well, Jay, this. Think, think about it from this perspective. How many times have you been chasing something? You've been chasing setup. You've been chasing grit. You've been chasing the person right in front of you. You've been chasing, chasing, chasing. Johnny Ray is in a situation where everybody chases him and they're still chasing him. He has a disastrous, as I'm doing air quotes, right? Disastrous. Yep. Three third. <laughs> he loses points, blah, 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 blah. But yet he still sits on 20 and you go, well, that was one race. Congratulations. You closed it within 20, which yeah. by the way, it's 25 for a race win, right? So he almost has an entire race still in his back pocket. And he did and coming like, into the weekend. He did have that. Yeah. And you're like, well, and where, and where do we go next? And how good is he's the benchmark? We go, where do we go next? And how good is Johnny Ray in the Kawasaki? What does right? that like, do to, what does that do to Scott Redding? I mean, you think about it, Scott Redding is like, well, he gets beat by his teammate. Scott Redding's like, this is the worst weekend that Johnny Ray's had. And he's still, I mean, John, Scott Redding said the guy almost crashed. He goes, I thought, Oh, here's my chance. And then he started pulling away from me the next lap. <laughs> yes. I do exactly. love, I do love the honesty of Scott Redding. I do love, love him. I, I think love he's Scott so Redding great. Too. I, I think it's I, great. I think, I honestly think learning more and more about the Ducati in the United States and how it's developed for Pirelli's and all the things I'm learning and why it's difficult to set up for Dunlops and so on is that the Ducati has such a fine window to get right. And I think that when it's off, I mean, you know, it was said in the broadcast, this is the first weekend that Scott Redding is race world Superbike. Now it's only a season and a couple races, but it's still the first weekend that he's never finished on the podium one time. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's you know, right. And I, and I, and I, it's not Scott Redding. You can't say Scott Redding slow. That's it's not Scott no. Redding. It's he struggled. These just, guys, they had a new front tire. They had a new soft front tire. Um, some of the boys struggled. I mean, it was kind of like the same feelings that Scott Redding was saying. Same kind of same, same thing with Alex Lowe's. Alex was saying that, you know, after seven laps, he was, um, after seven laps, he was, he just kind of lost feel on the front. And that's kind of what Redding said too. Like he just lost some feel. And, and you're at this stage, those guys have already kind of chucked a couple of races away. Everybody has uh, with the exception of Ray. And so at this stage, it's like, well, we can't, can't chuck more away trying to close down the distance when we don't have the feel don't go crashing again and create a bigger point a bigger gap right 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 now top racks three that three races in 20 points back it's like ooh, this is this is great you know um but at the end of the day johnny just doesn't make those mistakes and when he does he saves them on his knee anyways apparently so it's pretty good it's amazing amazing he does go go work go to worldsbk.com and watch this stuff jay i'm gonna breeze through world super sport because it's so good by the way world super sport is so good this year did you watch any of it yeah i watched it all it is really it good is the so racing good. Goes you gotta watch it yeah you, ha- you have to watch it but uh dominic agurter he finishes first uh and then bernardi odendahl and cluzel gonzalez top five in race number one odendahl beats cluzel and agurter and that basically in this championship goes 119 points to the Swiss rider, uh, 102 points to Odendahl. The championship doesn't really reflect how close the racing is, but you've definitely got to check it out. But we're kind of breezing over it because we haven't talked about World Super Sport 300. Which I didn't uh, get to much. watch any of. But did you, wait, Greg, did you watch the race too, though, where where Odendahl got penalized, right? 
Uh, did yeah. he get penalized? Yes, Rodendahl. So the second race in World Super Sports, now they're doing two of them a weekend. Goethe ends up winning over Bernardi Cluzel Gonzalez, but the story of the race was Odendahl gets penalized three seconds. And as, as critical as you and I are about race direction, are about race direction. Um, oh, yeah, he had multiple infractions. Oh, like, but, but it, wasn't, so, just oh, like, you know it wasn't just a little bit. They were big infractions. No, they like, were big. And so yeah. this is the problem, right, Jason? Because you go, okay, I agree with that. Right. Well, like, well, you do agree with it when the guy is going over the green paint at lean angle, at lean angle, like two or three feet out. And he did it after he got his warnings. And it's like, dude, I feel like World Superbike isn't quite as gnarly as Moto2, Moto3, MotoGP. And, and Steve English and I did go back and forth on this this week. And we both decided that we're going to get on a call and just wrap out at some point. Because I said, as critical as I am with race direction, all these riders across the across the table now know that you can't go out and do it. So if you're leading the race, you know there's always a camera on you regardless. Like, dude, just be a little bit smart. You're leading the championship. You're winning the race. Stop going out over the green paint because he was doing it multiple times and he did it over and over and over. But Jason, but Kieran, Jason yeah. which means what? Well, there's... If, if he's going over the green over and over again, what does it mean? Uh, you stumped me. He's riding what? over his head, right? Well, regardless of that he's pushing. Yeah, I get that. He is pushing. But but, but that's but this is where but I comes agree. A, but I, but there's, there's comes a point where as a rider you got to go. Well, hold on. If I'm if I'm riding over the limits and I'm keep getting on the green and they're giving me the dash that's telling me, hey, you got a warning now. You got to use your dome, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. and that's why he's riding over his head because he wasn't using his dome. He was going wide. And in that particular case, the imaginary grass, he is down because he's and he's at lean section, angle going over it at lean angle, hundred percent. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's like it it was ah, it was bad. But anyways, Egerta's leading the points down. That was a big deal for him because he goes from finishing second with Odendahl winning to winning and Odendahl finishing fifth. So that's why the point standings are kind of where they are at now. So it's uh, it was it was actually a really big deal. But Greg, get to the. I didn't get to watch him, and I'm really bummed to watch him. But the story of this, uh, the sport, I, I really just kind of want to focus. Yeah, I want to focus more so on just on World Super Sport 300 race too, because it, it is it's such a great story. Um, Anna Carrasco, who what in September I think or October had two broken vertebrae at a test had, crash, right? Wasn't it? Test, wasn't she uh, testing? Yeah, it was a test okay. crash. It was yep. a test crash, and you know has been well documented on social media as I follow her on her recovery, the big scars on her back and all the, and all the hard work and everything else. And she ends up winning the race in race number two. And it was such an emotional win across the board because, you know, regardless of gender, everybody knows how difficult it is to come back from injury period, let alone a back injury like that. And I think, you know, the, the celebrations came from the entire paddock. I mean, you know, well, even, even the people yeah. that she beat, but you can she tell she's obviously of, loved by everybody in that paddock. Oh yeah. Except yeah, for the definitely. guy she's racing against, but yeah, well, she's yeah, loved I mean, by everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember though who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Tom Booth Amos that was leading her. And then a gap back to second, third, uh, fourth, fifth, I, I believe. And I think it was Tom Booth Amos. And he he lost the rear coming onto the front straightaway with her right on his tailpipe. And she ends up winning the race. So it couldn't have been more legit, in my opinion, because he just, you know, he he t- 
tested the limits of traction and lost. And that's part of it. He couldn't complete the lap. He couldn't complete the race. And it was, it was, it's dude, it's so awesome because if you follow her on social media and just watched her grind out this recovery, grind it out. It was pretty rude, And for her really to stand rough, back huh? on top of the box and, and a race win, you know, a podium would have been good enough, you know? Uh, and now she finds herself uh, tied for third in the championship. But, you know, this, this championship is far from over, but it was, it was great to watch. And, and I was really happy for her, but Jason, the debate is at this point, I know you're going to go back and watch super sport 300. And I yeah, encourage yeah, you both do because yeah. I want to know what's crazier at this point, moto three world, super sport 300 or sport track sport bike track, junior cup. I mean, it is, I think, that Super Sport 300 and Moto3 are neck and neck right now for craziest races. There are some huge crashes. The racing is so tight. They are so spread out. It is absolutely positively gnarly. Crazy, huh? Yeah, I'm going to watch them. And, you know, the, the like even what you're talking about now, I'm just looking at these results guy uh, right now, Greg. And Look and, how many not classified well, there are. Well, I saw that, and I'm going to watch this. But in race one, right, I'm just looking, where does – I don't know who he is because I haven't watched it this year. He ends up winning race one, okay? And Anna Carrasco ends up 15th. She got one point the first day. And on the second day, she wins. And the guy that won the first day ends up 10th. So it's like, it's just, it's chaos, isn't it? I mean, it and really is. Lead, just, and, and awareness is leading the championship, right? So yeah, you're just I'll, like, I'll watch what? it. Yeah, that's amazing. What happened there? You know, it, yeah, it's it's great. It's great race action. I encourage everybody to to watch it. So worldsbk.com and just pay for it, people. All right. So so before we go to the Lama one, okay, uh, I don't have the results pulled up, but I have to tell you that I had a funny one with Steve English. I said, you know what would have been great is to be in race direction at the Lama 24-hour and keep trying to dock these guys' penalties for running over, <laughs> over running over the green. You know? Dude, like, like oh, another two seconds back, three seconds back. Every, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? We were just cracking no. up about it. But – you know, um, I don't know where you get the results for it. I, I uh, go to go to road, roadracingworld.com, oh, yeah, and I believe it's it's right in. The, it, of course, yeah, they're going to yep. have they and right towards the top of the page after the photo, they're going to actually have the the screen grab or the or the PDF from the twenty four hours. Yeah, they do a good job with with that. And um, let's see here, I'm looking to just grab it because actually one of the kids that races for Team Suzuki is a kid that I I raced with. He was a he was actually on my. Uh, he was, I raced with Greg Black for a couple of years, and he's such a good kid. He's an English kid that actually um, – all right, I got the revised results. And there's a couple stories about this, and it'll be interesting for you to tell me who told you that we got to talk about this. But Yoshimura um, – God, what did I just do? I just completely botched this. Hold on. Yoshimura Cert wins um, Suzuki like Endurance said, Racing in Team. in last week's podcast, by the way. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You wouldn't even know any other teams anyways. Like, oh, you're going to say Yarts because you know them. Dope. Uh, uh, wet Bike SRC Kawasaki France. So this this would be the factory Kawasaki entry now, I believe, because... Um, I know former world champs, Mako Racing. Uh, no, they never won. They never, oh. th- th- you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> nice effort. Well, you were on yeah, that I was, team. I was over there forever. Yeah, I didn't win a championship with them. So okay. um, they <laughs> ended up second. The team I ended up winning a championship with finished third. BMW Motor Art World Cha- Endurance Team. They ended up third. When I did it with them, it was the stock category. Uh, the One of them. One of the two anyways. National Motos ends up uh, fourth. They've been around forever also. Um, 
Yeah. Anyways. All right. Let, 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 let's skip the results real yeah. quick, Jay, because, you know, we're, we're probably talking to, but let's talk about 24 <laughs> hour endurance. All right. You're, you're two time world champion <laughs> in world endurance. How do these things work? Because there are people that still are listening to our podcast now that don't really know much about endurance. So, All right, so yeah, I mean, just like, just like the Lamont 24 hour car race, you're going to have three, three riders. Um, you usually bring in a fourth as a reserve um, as a reserve rider. So they ride through, they have their own practices. They have their own qualifying. The reserve rider does that way. If any of the other guys get dunk, you know, beat up or whatever you can, you can get yourself in there. So basically race starts at three in the afternoon, Saturday ends at three afternoon, Sunday races all the way through the night with pit stops. Uh, you're running a tank of fuel. So the stints at Lamar are about 55 to 57 minutes. And there's a funny add to this story that, you know, I said to Greg in the booth, I said, Greg, what's worse What's worse than getting disqualified from a sprint race? And Greg looked at me like, uh-oh, who got disqualified? Because he thought, you thought I was talking about somebody in Motor America. But Team Bollinger Sweden, who I actually know very well, I raced against those guys forever. They actually finished fourth overall. They finished fourth. Yeah. They finished fourth overall. And they get DQ'd because their tank was too big. So the long of the short of it is that a lot hold of these on, Hold on, hold I, on. I, 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 I want to say this because a lot of people don't know. They completed 831 laps to finish fourth. And to keep it in mind, um, yeah, they, and the team stays up all night and the crew stays up all night and the riders say, I mean, think about the riders just putting in the effort and then you finish fourth, which is a big deal at Lamont to finish fourth. That's good points for that team. Um, they're good. They're really solid effort team. They've been around for years and years. And then you get told that your tank is too big. And you think, why? If you if you can be out there for an hour at a time, an hour at a time is these races now, they're sprint races for an hour. That's what it is. You're on the bike and you're sprinting for an hour. That's how it works. And so for them to finish fourth, 831 laps, like you say, Greg, um, that's a big accomplishment for a team like that. Then they get disqualified because somebody decided to make the tank a little bit bigger. Um, it just, yeah, it's not good. I'll tell you this. Well, I just want to know how they passed tech to begin with, with the big well, tank. Like that's, that's yeah, because if someone be... real legitimately made a mistake and it wasn't caught in tech, that would be even a larger heartbreaker. Yeah. But what, what's the mistake? I mean, you got a tank. I mean, it's. No, I know be, that. I know that. But anyways, the thing is, the thing is, is that it, it, it was a mistake. It was a mistake on the team. I don't think that tech, I don't think it should be tech's responsibility to check how much your tank holds. Um, you know, I rode for a team. I rode for a team where the team owner used to tell us when you come in, if you finish the race and you're coming in, just pound the tank a little bit with your fist (laughs) 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 to, to make it to where the capacity isn't going to be that much if they test it. (laughs) So he would, he would literally be standing. I remember like it was yesterday. I was in Wait, wait, how would you classify that Jason? And this is a, uh, this is a new England Patriots, Tom Brady question. How would you classify that Jason as cheating or trying to gain a competitive advantage? Tank gate, tank gate, right? You're pounding tank the tank. Gate. So yeah, it's, I mean, you should, I mean, this should be right up your alley if you're a Tom Brady fan, like a New England Patriot fan. Cheating <laughs> okay. is just part of the deal, right? So it's trying um, to gain a competitive advantage. It's let's, cheating. Let's just call it, let's just call it what it is. Dude, this guy would be at the end of pit lane and he'd be, if, if I finished in Austria, I'll never forget. And I'm cruising around and I'm coming into pit lane. And I'm by myself and I'm, and he has run down from our pit box and he's at the end of pit lane and he's, he's 
so that nobody could see behind him. He's got his fist in front of his stomach and he's, and he's giving me the, like, he's, he's nodding at me. Like, have you done it? Have you done it? Have you punched the tank? And I'm like, yeah, I've already done it, dude. Like, relax. We're going <laughs> to, I'm just beating the shit out of the tank on the cool off lap. Cause I'm so happy. Um, because uh, yeah, hey. when we were on the podium, we ended up second there and it was, it was actually really funny, but, but the endurance race, if you've never been to a Le Mans 24, I just think that there's certain things that you have to do. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast, if you really are a motorcycle enthusiast, I think you've got to go to a Grand Prix in Spain or Italy. I think that you, I think you should go to the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man is just such a majestic place that I can hardly wait to get back over there someday myself. Um, it's unbelievable. So, and I think you got to go do the Lama 24 hour because it's just truly, I don't know how to explain it. It's just such a crazy, crazy place, but Greg Black ends up winning it with, uh, with Sivan Gintoli and uh, Xavier Simeon. So Gintoli, yeah, great team. Um, but Greg Black is English and his parents moved over to France many, many, many years ago. He only speaks French now. I mean, obviously he speaks English, but you know, and all of his, all of his Instagram and everything else, everything is, uh everything is is uh, in the french, french french if you if you look at the photo that road racing world has on there um has it's a great overhead view if you go to roadracingworld.com they have a great picture of lama uh, overhead shot and if you look at the bottom of the picture and you can see where all the campground is that is full anarchy on friday night like i can't explain <laughs> how insane that area is on a friday night can't even it, I, I could never do it justice um it, the the crowd and the fans there are just are just insane like just insane. and by the so, way I, I would i think i'm trying i'm looking i, I was like oh okay now forget it i was looking and i could have sworn i was like wait a second is there another world superbike race back to our world endurance because they would never do that and it's world go endurance. back to back yeah yeah oh no. my god can dude. you imagine I mean, a Hey, next the week we're gonna of, do the eight hour. <laughs> can you imagine the rest, the rebuilding? Dude, those and, those bikes though, Greg. You know, a lot of those teams after those yeah. twenty four hour bikes, they they junk them. There's there's teams that literally junk bikes. They're just dumb. I don't doubt it. I mean, dude, think about it. One bike, the Suzuki winning bike, eight hundred and fifty five laps. Eight hundred and fifty five mm-hmm. laps in one race. I mean, that is just and in a lot of these teams, a lot of them, especially like right now, the the riders are so pumped that they ran this race in June. Because they run that race in April. Do you remember the MotoGP guys went there in May and they're like, it's too cold. Oh, we can't soggy. ride in May. Oh, yeah. In April, it's even worse. So a lot of these bikes, they go down one, two, three times in a 24-hour race easily. Even the leaders will go down once or twice in the race because track conditions are treacherous. You're racing all the way through the night. It's it's chaos. It's I took Francois Dumas over there. I took Francois and Anique went with me one year and he left there with a completely different appreciation of what like world endurance really is. It's a com- probably the only thing that anybody could talk me into doing again. Cause it is a lot of fun, but it is, it is hour long sprint races. I got we, a question. You, you oh, go hold ahead. on. You and I need to find a sponsor so we can get one of those new, what is it? 180 or 190 ovales. And we need to do an endurance race. You're saying we as in you and me and me. Yeah. You and me. So this yeah. will just be a mediocre performance that we're going to go through. This is just going to be for no. Fun. I mean, if we want mediocre, we'll get someone who's really fast at other racetracks around the country, like Kolb. Oh know? God! Unless you're going to make a mini track of Chuck Walla, Kolb has zero, <laughs> zero chance. Well, and it has to be identical. Oh um, yeah, it <laughs> no has to be. No trees yeah. in sight. No yeah. yeah no and you got to have perfect temperature, perfect everything. Yeah, oh, I agree with God. you. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. 
This is an incredible record. This is an incredible thing I'm about to mention to you. Okay? You're talking about 96 Weira. Go ahead. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm no. talking about... I, this is this is crazy. Mark Marquez has won 10 races in a row at Saxon Ring, going back to Moto2, Moto3. He's won 10 races in a row at Saxon Ring, where the MotoGP guys are heading this week in Germany. Does he have a chance at 11? Yep. He has a chance at 11. The only reason I well, say that is because a, he, yeah. the amount of laps that he was grinding out in the test and the fact that he felt like he was closer to himself the last race and you go in there with confidence. It turns left. Like, I just think that he's got a lot of things going for him. The question mark is the Honda. That's, that's it. Are you putting him on I, your fantasy team this week? Shit. No, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got done telling me that you think he can win. Oh, sorry. Why yeah, you do Jay. That? Oh God. I would definitely put him well, on why my wouldn't fantasy you do that? team. You just got you know, done I highly telling recommend the world. That, oh yeah. He can win the 11. So if he's not going to win, you're basically saying he could definitely be top three. Dude, come on now. You get, Why wouldn't you, you get put one, him on your team? Huh? Why wouldn't you put him on your team? <sighs> because I have other things going on, all right? Yeah, I have yeah, other things yeah. going You just asked me if he could win. Yeah, he can win. Will he win? Um, I, I don't think so. But who, who better than him turns left? Uh... Well, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, I'm not betting against Quadraro right now. Why don't you replace Quadraro off your team and put Marquez there? Um, because I like to win. That's why. <laughs> you just said Marquez is going to win. No, I said he has the possibility of winning. Yeah, I guess you did. Okay, I didn't say he's going to win. And by the way, all right, so so obviously we're, we're kind of previewing MotoGP, but there's not much yeah. to preview at this point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so let's just talk about MotoGP Fantasy because if you go to fantasy.motogp.com, you can sign up for free and you can join our league, which is Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore. Mm -hmm. And looking at how things shook up, even with penalties and all this crap about zippers and things like that, uh, props to Daytona 85 who retakes the lead. Now in our league with a total of 790 and a half points and Craigers in P2. As I move down to P5, it's wheels up. And in P6, G-Dub. G-Dub. Dude, you're killing it. All props to you. P6. All props but I, I did use my first turbo. So I have, I've used one turbo. And of the people... Like there's one guy, Desmo seventy four hasn't used any turbos left, you know. So yeah. Desmo seventy four is killing it with three turbos remaining, but beyond that, in the top ten, I'm the only other person that's got more than one turbo left. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I've 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 picked a good team. I actually made a change last week. Can we find? Dude, you're killing uh, it, man. You're killing it. I, how the Ducati's you... going to do with this one? Since we're supposed to be previewing it. Like you're oh, saying can, that the Honda we, could but, be closer, can, or the Yamahas but are going to be. Can we talk over. about what, what position you're in? Because I'd love to talk about what. Position Dude, you got to scroll. I, mean, I don't know if you can get down there far enough. You got to actually type my name at the top. You don't want to scroll. I got to type. I have to type your name. I'm 132nd or some shit. And in 136 maybe out of. Greg, uh, Greg, I don't have that bad of a team. 241 people. Who's going to be the first Ducati rider across the line this weekend? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jack is actually. Uh, you know, Zarco. he likes to, he likes to, I mean, yeah, 
How good Zarko's Zarko's, good, Zarko's been a good pick because Zarko's playing it smart. He's good. You know, he really he's, he's good. Zarko's he's really really good, but he's also playing the long game, and that's the thing I like about him, and why he's on my fantasy team. He is playing the long game. He's he's taking the he's taking the stuff. Like I think I think you mentioned this maybe before in the podcast. If if Johan Zarko wins the championship without winning a race, I don't think it's going to bother him that much. You know. I don't know. You know, the thing about Ducati is, is that it seems just like in World Superbike that Ducati can be very up and down. Um, they always have a rider now because they have such a deep talent pool that ends up towards the front, but they don't have a consistent rider. You know, Peko has a good weekend and bad weekend. Jack has a good weekend, a bad weekend, you know, that kind of thing. Sarko's the one that's been kind of steady. He's Eddie. there all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think that, where did they go to Aston after this? They go Saxon Ring, then Aston, or something like that. And I don't know. I mean, my my biggest question mark right now on my team is is do I keep Joanne Mir? Is Mir done or not? No. And I just I, I like him. I think if you've gone this long, I think this would be a good weekend for him too. I'm not taking advice from you, you shithead. You're 136. Listen, recognize in, the, in all of our fantasy stuff that we've done over the last three years, <laughs> you are I I am I am you right now. I'm at the bottom. <laughs> And that's where you hit. Yeah, neither one of us of are getting. Why? Why? Why Dude, is it that we can't get good. close so we could be like, I'm 11th, you're 12th, and we're fighting it out? Yeah. Instead, it's always one, one of us or always the other. Sucks. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to MotoGP this weekend. I got to leave on Sunday. So, um, it it bums me out when I got to catch a flight early, but I don't think I take off till like 10:30. So, I'll be able to watch all the races and and stuff. But I, I, I'm going to watch everything on Friday. We got Moto2, see if Remy Gardner can keep on his little role. I think this place can throw a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of things can happen at Saxon Ring. It's an interesting racetrack. I've never been there. It's one that I've never been to. Damien Cudlin used to tell me how much fun it was. He used to race the German Championship. And then Moto3. I mean, it's going to be crazy again, I'm sure. Acosta's going to keep his nose, you know, clean. I'm, I'm positive of that. He's got a big points lead built up, and he's just got to stay clean. Saxon Ring is is. Did you go small. there? You went there and commentated, didn't you? Yeah, 2008. 2008, I was there. Were you doing that with um, Mick doing? Saxon Ring? No, I did I did Burno with Mick. So Saxon Ring would have been uh Kevin, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But that was a uh you going around that ring road and everything else. That ring road is really close to the racetrack. It was really fun to watch. Nick was spectacular through some of those Nicky Hayden through some of those yeah. left hand corners, you know, I just bet. from his dirt track experience. So what day is that, Jason? Is that the twentieth or the nineteenth? This week coming up, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking because I I went to Rever and I'm yeah, it's the twentieth. Oh man, on the twentieth, I'm scheduled. I mean, I scheduled myself, but I have a. Uh, Do you have a massage or something somewhere? You getting your nails done? A four hundred mile ride called the Rattlesnake Four Hundred. That's out. It touches a little bit of Idaho. Southeastern, uh, Southeastern Washington, Northeastern Oregon. And according to Rever, that's a 12 hour ride. Oh my God. Are you serious? I think, I think, yeah, but I think it's more going to be in the probably 10 hour range. But so the good news is, is that when I go there, I'm going to be in Lewiston. I think it's Idaho or Lewiston, uh, Washington. And I have an Airbnb for two nights. So I, I land there, I sleep, I do the Rattlesnake 400, and I go back to the same Airbnb because it's a big loop. And um, so I'll definitely settle into watching some GP if I can stay awake. 
Yeah, you're going to be closed. I'm going to, I'll watch all the stuff Friday, all the stuff Saturday, and then uh, be ready to go. But yeah, anyways. Um, the, nec- the next day, which is Monday, is uh, I'm going to ride to the ridge, you know, and I know that you're going to be there on Monday and Tuesday. So I'll ride, you know, in the neighborhood. You're bringing your leathers? You're going to have your leathers? The leathers should be there on Monday, Sunday or Monday in the Westby truck. So yeah, I'll have leathers. So you could ride a little bit Tuesday if you want. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Be fun so, to have you. Um, yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. So anyway, everybody, um, looking at the calendar this weekend, of course, we're going to be talking next week as well about MotoGP and, uh, pro moto returns to Mount Morris PA and American flat track is going to be in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about those series as well. Also racing this weekend is AMA West hair scrambles in Bellingham, Washington, AMA East championship, um, in Kellogg, the, the AMA Extreme Championship West, sorry, is yeah. in Kellogg, Idaho, and World Enduro is in Portugal. So, man, we just can't keep these things lately under an hour and a half, can we? It's, well, this one was a big one. Next weekend won't be so bad. We just got MotoGP, I think, next weekend. And then the following weekend after that, we're going to have the Ridge. We're going to have World Superbike at Donington, I believe. So, you know, the podcasts are a little bit longer, but... Um, yeah, sorry and, I wasn't so energetic tonight. I'm I'm in a I'm in a relatively cheap hotel and I can I know that you know you know how loud my voice can get, so I'm just trying to keep it down a little bit to yeah, not root no out the neighbors. That's considered of you. I wish more people were like that in hotels. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? And then uh no, it's good. And then we we'll have to figure out where we're gonna do this podcast next week. Although we'll probably be sitting right next to each other next week. Yeah, which is like literally impossible for us to do because we only like last time we tried that was uh, was at Chuck Walla and it was an editing nightmare for me. So we'll probably do a sit next to each other because the microphones were so close together that your voice was bleed onto my mic, mine onto yours, and it was a nightmare for me to edit. So got it. Well, I'm glad I don't have to do that job, Greg. You put a lot into these things, but. Thank God, I I don't Thank God I don't know how to do that stuff. Otherwise, you'd ask me to do it, and that would suck. I'd be like, Cole, what do you need me to do? And then I'd be like, oh, God, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> hey, I, he, goes, he goes and gets me a, a chicken sandwich. It goes and gets me a chicken sandwich, right? And Cole was just a riot. I said, what, do you, what do you guys want? Chicken sandwich. And the thing came back so dry. I swear, I thought I had to douse it in water to get like some sort of like moisture out of this chicken because Cole didn't think about bringing anything that I could put on it. He's such a beauty. Such, a And then beauty. he's going to be like, why? Why? Oh. I do you a favor and then this is the way you treat me? Yeah. That's yeah. True. You so got yeah. him down. Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cole, he is this is exactly beaut. the way we treat you because you oh. half, think, you I went half on this, think when you're doing a favor. I went on this rant at dinner about where he would qualify in King of the Baggers and where he would qualify. And like, I said, dude, you might be able to keep up with these kids. But if you could draft them, you know, that'll be the, that'll be the tell in Junior Cup. Oh, dude, we had some. Laughs. I was I was actually talking to Jessica Zaluski today about about teaching students and you know how long she's been doing her thing and and we were talking about tendencies of students and how you know she they actually go to like a a facility that's a one mile fifteen turn track that yeah. they do a lot of coaching on and uh, we were talking about tendencies and how it's you know you're moving all around and all this kind of stuff and it just kind of got to that point where we were talking about. Uh, how overwhelmed some people's brains are. And of course, Kolb came up because he rips a Chuck Walla where there isn't a tree in sight. And then as soon as you introduce a couple of, <laughs> a couple of trees or a couple of things that are going whipping past his eyes, you know, he locks up like a, like a piece of garbage, two cylinder piston seizing, right? Love you, Kolb. 
that's so sick that Kolb is in your brain enough to where you can use him as an example that's bad. Oh, it's horrible. And it, it sounds like horrible. we're picking on Kolb and we don't well, mean... we are. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, don't say you don't want it. You didn't mean to. <laughs> Poor guy. He's going to listen to this and just like... Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to drop... 50 pounds and then do battle of the olds again, because if I ever went to Great. Chuck First Waller off, right you're now, never dropping 50 pounds in your life. If I ever went to Chuck Waller and did a 51, I think he'd pack his stuff up and go home. I would tell you right now, you're never going to lose 50 pounds. 60. Cause you have I, confidence in me. No, I have no confidence in you. I got to the booth the other day and Greg, Greg, you know what Greg was having at breakfast? Are you he not telling having, this? You're not telling this story. He Are was you? having hot tamales for breakfast. He's popping them in like they're Tylenol. And he's just sitting. And I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And then this is the best. First our of boy, all, our, our boy. First no, of all, up. okay. When this you come into work, if anybody's at listening to the story, I didn't come in really twelve thirty. It was Saturday morning. And then how's this? Just for our listeners that are really dedicated to us, our boy Russ, who's not exactly svelte himself, him and G Dub as we're walking out, noticed that there's like a half a dozen donuts that have been delivered. And I said, "Hey, you two, get away from the donuts! Like, stop." Just stop. Like, neither one of you need a donut. We go out the donut, or we go out the door. I run over to the bathroom. I come back out, and I peek in the press room, and they're both gone. I'm like, oh. I walk down. I turn right, and there they are, and they're licking their fingers. Like, they just got done stealing mom's cookie dough, like, out of the bowl. They both got a donut, didn't you? What? Yeah. Say that might night. be a true story, but no, I'm not saying goodnight because I got to tell our version, which is we both There's looked at no the room. donuts <laughs> and go, why don't we let Jason just walk ahead a little bit? We had no idea you went to the bathroom. We thought you left. So well, why don't you back up? And, and then I was like, then I was like, forget Jason Pridmore. Just grab a donut and eat it. So we ate it. I stepped out of the thing and I start taking baby steps. Well, hold on, Russ. Let him, let him get ahead. Let if him we get just way walked ahead. normal pace, if we knocked normal pace, we would have turned the corner around the bushes and licked our fingers there. So, yes. you know, it was just a, it was, it was just a, a, just a rude chain of events that all led to us getting busted. The way Russ tells it is like, Hey, we really shouldn't do this. Cause Jason, and you said F Jason, that's what I hear. The story was F Jason. I leave, you grab a donut, start feeding your fat head with it. And then I go to the bathroom and then, and then I catch you guys later. Let, let me, let me set the record straight. Okay. No what record. you just said was 100% true. All right. <laughs> right. That's good nice. times. Good times. <laughs> Thanks, G-Dub. Hey, have fun tomorrow riding that bike. Thanks to the Westby guys for giving my guy a shot. Hopefully, you'll be on that Ducati at the Ridge. That'll be fun. You get Bring your autographs, Doc, Greg. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs>